Three weeks ago, a police officer walked into a hospital in Owasa, Oklahoma, and kept his body cam rolling. Hey, stranger. Hey, this cop was there to figure out why a 16-year-old kid named Nex Benedict was lying in intake, complaining about head pain. So what happened today? I got jumped. Tell me about it. What happened? Nex tells the officer, I just got jumped. The way Nex tells it, it went down like this. Some kids didn't like the way Nex dressed didn't like the way Nex laughed, and they wouldn't quit. So, Nex emptied a water bottle on their heads. That's when these other kids got violent. Okay, Um, then at that point, what happened? Uh, They came at me, they grabbed out of my hair, I grabbed onto them, Uh, I threw one of them into a paper towel dispenser, and then they got my legs out from under me and got me on the ground, started beating the shit out of me. Okay. And then my friends tried to jump in. Nex identifies as trans, uses he and they pronouns, but his family is still adjusting to all that. His mom, who's sitting in the room with him, addresses him as she. The cop does too. But it's all friendly. It almost seems too friendly. Nex and his mom don't seem to expect much from this encounter. The cop openly discourages the family from pressing charges against anyone. To NBC's Joe Yorkeba, the really telling moment comes when this police officer asks, when you felt bullied, did you tell an adult what was going on? When this first started happening, whatever this is going, this banter back and forth between you and and the other individuals, did you at any point contact any school administration? Did you let any of them know at any point in time? No. Okay. Uh, And I'm just asking, there's no right or wrong, but why not? The officer also asks, you know, if they had been picking on you, why didn't you report this to the school? Did you report it at any point? And Nex says no, and he didn't do that because he didn't think there was a point. There's sort of this um, feeling that, you know, there's not really a lot of faith, I think, from Nex in sort of this process. When he's finished taking their statements, the officer says his goodbyes cheerfully. He works at Nex's school, so he's like, I'll see you later. Good luck to you. I'll see you around. Nex is a little funny here. He says, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Well, not in a bad way. I mean, hopefully I see you around school and class and wander in the halls and all that good stuff. You can smile and wave and say, hey, Thompson, and you know, all that good stuff. So, But this officer, he'd never see Nex again because Nex died the next day. Local LGBTQ community organizations are mourning the loss of a non-binary teen in Oklahoma. This has gone national. Police say Nex Benedict died after a day after a fight at Owasso High School. Five News reporter Jose Carranza... We still don't know exactly how Nex died. Was Nex fatally injured in this school fight? A full report isn't expected for weeks. Really, what I think will make a huge difference in this investigation is when the full medical examiner's report comes out and the toxicology results. Yeah. To the community you've been speaking with, do those results matter? Or is there something... I just wonder if, for them, the fact that Nex died after this interaction at school is powerful no matter how next actually passed away. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. At the end of the day, you know, uh, their friend is dead, and they told me they they keep expecting to see Nex in art class, um, even though they were at Nex's funeral and saw him be lowered into the ground. Today on the show, what happened to Nex Benedict? I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around. introduce my listeners to Next Benedict. But before we really get into it, I want to get on the same page about what pronouns we should be using for Next. Because in newspapers, I've seen they, them pronouns. In videos from before Next died, Next's mom refers to Next using she, her pronouns, which since she said, you know, I was in a process of learning and so I wasn't using the pronouns Next preferred. And now I know that you're using he, him pronouns. So tell me about how we should be talking about next. Yeah, so this has been a very delicate line to walk in that I, you know, we want to make sure that we're being respectful of who someone was as a person. At the same time, we don't want to reduce them to a set of pronouns or to one part of their identity. And initially, what we knew was that next, some people said next identified as non-binary. Like you said, the family went from using she, her pronouns to they, them pronouns. But since I've been here and I've talked to a number of people who are really close with next, they have all told me that next primarily used he, him pronouns and preferred that. And sometimes, you know, next would say he used he, they pronouns. And so either pronoun would be fine. But at the same time, during the vigil, Robin Gray Ingersoll, who dated Nex on and off, said, you know, Nex uses he, him pronouns. He was transgender and he was so much more than his transness. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just highlights the fact that um, how fluid these identifiers can be for all of us. And then how much Nex was learning about themselves. Nex was a teenager. Nex was not fully an adult yet. And so, you know... They were coming into their own. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I they Next was probably still figuring it out. It's also common, you know, I primarily report on the trans community, and it's really common among the trans community to use pronouns with certain people in your life, but not with other people. So, for example, at school, you use one set of pronouns, use a different set at home, or you might not be out at home. Um, and so that kind of fluidity is is just kind of normal. Yeah. I know you went to a vigil over the weekend to honor Next. Can you just set the scene for me of what that was like and, and who you met there and what they told you about next? Sure. So that was on Sunday night in Owasso at the Redbud Festival Park. And there were, I, I would say, at least 100 people there. Some people had driven from a few hours away. I know that there were people from as far as Wisconsin there. Everyone was holding candles, sort of candlelight was the main way that the crowd was lit. There were students who were visibly distraught. And there were a number of speakers. So Robin um, Gray Ingersoll spoke uh, and a teacher that Next, Next had called Tyler Wren in eighth grade spoke um, and shared uh, really powerful stories about Next. Uh, for example, he said that one of, one of his favorite memories of Next was um, every day at the end of the day, 
Tyler would have bus duty and he would go outside and next from across the campus would yell, I'm going to fight you and would challenge him (laughs) to a fight over what he described to me as cartoonishly absurd things. So one time it was, I'm going to fight you and winner gets to take Tyler's Mustang, Ford Mustang. Um, And the next (laughs) day it would be, I'm going to fight you. And uh, next year, if I win, I get to transfer into your class. And so next just had what he described as a, you know, a fiery spirit. This was a kid who, um, if he saw his friends being bullied, he was going to stick up for them. He didn't back down. That strong sense of self didn't mean things were easy, though. Next lived with his grandmother, Sue Benedict. Next called her mom. Sue said Next was bullied for months before his death. Talking to other LGBTQ kids in Owasso, Joe heard similar stories. Nexus friends did tell me that they were called the F-slur, and then um, they also told me that the N-word is just used casually, constantly um, within their school, and there are no repercussions. The The teachers kind of try to ignore it. Um, and so, I, you know, I've the picture they've kind of painted is that if you're not white and cis, there are just kind of always these underhanded comments being made, or you're facing direct bullying, which doesn't make them feel like if they reported anything that there would actually be repercussions. So tell me exactly what we know about what happened on February 7th, the day before Nex died. Yeah. So on February 7th, Nex was in uh, ISP is what the students call it, which is basically in-school suspension because he had been caught with a vape pen. We know from police video and um, accounts and the school's account that Nex, um, their friend and three other students, um, at least there may have been other students there as well, went into a bathroom of the West Campus. And that's where, you know, Nex told police that he threw water on these three girls after they made a comment about the way that he and his friend dressed. He also said that before that, um, before being an ISP, he'd never met these three girls before. um, And they had sort of been teasing him like on and off. So in the bathroom, they make this comment. He throws water on them. And then he said the three of them jumped him. The police released security camera footage from inside the school that day. You can't see the fight itself, but you can see the moments before and after. We see the students in the video come out of the bathroom. There's also video of Nex being walked down the hallway by a school resource officer where you kind of see him like sway at one point. Um, Then you see the video in the hospital and then Nex went home. And then from 911 call from the following day, We know that um, Sue said that Nex's eyes were rolling in the back of his head and his breathing was shallow and his hands were posturing, which sort of is an involuntary muscle contraction, which can signify a variety of things, but mostly some kind of brain-related problem. My daughter, I don't know what's going around wrong. She's posturing and her hands are in. she? She is 16. Okay. She fell at school or that she got beat up at school yesterday. I took her to the And uh, you hear in the 911 call when the ambulance arrives um, and then she gets off the phone. But we know when they took next to the hospital, um, he was pronounced dead. But yeah, it's it's we have this this timeline sort of um, connecting everything. But what exactly happened in the bathroom is what's missing. And now we're waiting on, you know, what exactly really contributed to Nex's death? What was his cause of death? Yeah. At this point, what are the police saying 
about Nex's death. Like they've released a, a preliminary autopsy, right? Yeah, so they released what they call preliminary like information from an autopsy. Um, and this is relatively rare um, in cases like this. Usually you wait until the medical examiner releases a full report and a cause of death, which um, also includes toxicology results. Um, but in this case, police have released this pre- preliminary information that found that Nex didn't die as a result of trauma. And the lieutenant on the case, Nick Boatman, did tell um, Popular Info that um, he did this to sort of get ahead of national scrutiny and that the medical examiner didn't tell him verbatim that Nex didn't die as a result of the fight. And so we're still sort of waiting on those final answers of, you know, what did Nex die from then? Yeah, that's so interesting. It's, you know, to release a statement saying the death was not the result of trauma, but then to say that the medical examiner said, I'm not saying the kid didn't die because of the fight. That's a really mixed message. Yeah. And um, Boatman also told Popular Info that the medical examiner um, emphasized to him that they were waiting on toxicology results and that Boatman took that as, quote, a red flag um, and thinks that that means something will will pop up on the toxicology results. Um, and we're sort of trying to get clarification around why he believes that. We do know that the family's lawyer um, said in their statement last week that they were independently gathering evidence and interviews themselves, um, kind of conducting their own independent investigation. It seems like they're definitely troubled by sort of what the investigation has turned over so far. When we come back, why Nex's death is resonating in the state of Oklahoma. It seems like at the same time that Nex was coming into his own in terms of gender expression, Oklahoma as a state was really battling politically over gender identity and how to handle it in schools. Can you explain sort of what was happening at the same time that Nex was kind of realizing who they were? Sure, yeah. So for context, uh, Oklahoma right now is leading the nation in bills targeting the LGBTQ community. Um, The Republicans in the state have introduced or rolled over from last session 54 bills targeting um, queer and trans people. 54 bills. What kinds of bills are we talking about? Oh, they cover um, a variety of things. Transition-related care for minors, quote-unquote religious freedom. Basically, uh, anything related to schools, LGBTQ topics, um, that's sort of what these focus on. Last year, three of those became law. There's a law that bars trans or school staff and students from using um, the school facilities of their gender identities. It requires them to use that of their sex assigned at birth. The state also passed a prohibition on transition-related care for minors, and then a law that bars the state from discriminating against religious entities if they instate anti-LGBTQ policies, for instance, if they don't want to cover like gender-affirming care or birth control or something in their health plans. So I can see hearing all of this how a student like Nex would feel under attack. Right. And that's what I've heard um, from queer students generally is, although they do note that it's not necessarily new that 
Oklahoma has always has felt unsafe for them the entire time they've been in school um, because of their queer trans identity. I specifically spoke to a student, um, Hallie, though, who told me that um, in the last two years, things have gotten much worse. Um, you know, students will make offensive comments about her and her friends. She's afraid to use the bathroom at school. Uh, so it seems like the the bills, from what they've told me, are definitely contributing to a worse climate for them in school. But Joe says it's not just what's happening at the state legislature making things worse. There have also been big changes at the Oklahoma State School Board. First, a former history teacher named Ryan Walters took over as superintendent. Walters has said he doesn't believe trans or non-binary people exist, and he's made it so kids can't change their names or pronouns at school. Then, just a few weeks back, Walters appointed a woman named Chaya Raychik to the state's library advisory committee. Raychik has only been in Oklahoma once, but she's notorious for her Twitter account, Libs of TikTok. She uses it to mercilessly target teachers and school librarians she disagrees with, pushing an anti-queer agenda. She also has tweeted about hospitals that provide transition-related care to minors. Um, And we actually, NBC News, did an investigation that found 33 instances of when people or institutions that were the subject of posts by libs of TikTok later reported bomb threats or other violent intimidation. And Rychik has denied um, that sort of that's connected directly to her, that she's the cause of that. She's also denied any connection to Nex's death and didn't return our request for comment about it. How has libs of TikTok interacted with Oklahoma schools specifically? Libs of TikTok has had a number of interactions with Oklahoma schools. For example, Oklahoma's Union Public Schools was the target of bomb threats for six days in August, um, which began one day after um, Libs of TikTok posted um, on August 21st criticizing the elementary school librarian. And the librarian has said online that she emphasized social justice in her teaching. And this has happened in a variety of other instances as well. So... What is Chaya Rachik's purview now in the Oklahoma schools? Well, what we know is that she holds this position on the library board. It's really, it's not really clear how much power um, she has in that position. Um, but we also know that she has a close enough relationship with um, Ryan Walters that after she was named to that committee, Walters said that the two of them have a strong working relationship. Um, And I think it was specifically to get rid of, quote, liberal woke values in Oklahoma schools. Um, So, you know, she has a really strong direct tie there to the person who is in charge of schools in Oklahoma. It's been interesting to watch Ryan Walters and Chaya Rachik try to explain in the wake of next Benedict's death where they stand. Because both have basically said that Nex's death was tragic and horrible, but that they don't believe in multiple genders. They don't believe in trans rights, essentially. It seems like a hard line to walk right now. Is the community in Oklahoma accepting this sort of careful negotiation they're trying to do? Oh, definitely not. Um, I, I mean, everyone I've spoken to in the community here and the LGBTQ plus community specifically has named um, lives of TikTok 
uh, Rychik and Ryan Walters when they've spoken to me about the culture in Oklahoma and in school specifically. So people are very aware of those connections and definitely sort of look to those people um, in terms of what they're saying now and what they've sort of been saying and how it affects the experience of young people in schools. Yeah. I mean, I was watching footage of the Oklahoma State School Board meeting that was held in the wake of Next Benedict's death. And so many people were speaking so clearly and loudly. Did I not tell you this was going to happen? Yet here I am again, and I'm sure when I leave your Chaya Rychek chick will tweet my stuff out again and I'll get more death threats. Like an Oklahoma City council member blasted the board for hiring Chaya Rychek of Libs of TikTok. They said she had blood on her hands after Nex's death. You emboldened these three girls yourself. Chaya Rychek emboldened these three girls by being on the library board. It's already difficult to be in high school. It's very difficult to be different. But when somebody's at- And this is, you know, we don't have the full explanation of Nex's death. But it just seemed to me that people were incredibly angry and it just made me wonder if Nex's story might prompt a change of heart for Oklahoma lawmakers. Yeah, that's something I'll I'll be interested to see as well, um, especially as we're heading into an election year, um, to see sort of whether because I've I've seen this happen two ways so far. You know, there are people who say that Nex Benedict's death is a result of what we're seeing in state legislatures, what we're seeing within Oklahoma schools. And then there are people who believe that um, Nex's death is being exploited, uh, quote unquote, by the left, and that this wasn't a child who identified this way, but that this is an example of how the left is taking advantage of young people to sort of push a specific agenda. And so it will be interesting to see if that is exacerbated um, in the election year or if sort of there's a shift, um, given that this is a child who died, uh, to kind of, you know, stop promoting those policies as much. I know it can be hard in the wake of a tragedy to, like, have a clear idea of what happens next. But for these students you've been spending so much time with, what is it that they're hoping is going to happen in the coming months? The main thing that um, students in Owasso have told me that they want is for adults and specifically school employees um, to listen to them. Um, Because the main thing that I've heard was that if you take a concern to Um, someone within the school, uh, then they will sort of try to undermine it. And they'll ask, uh, did that really happen? Are you sure? Are you are you just trying to stir the pot? Are you creating drama? Is this based on a rumor? And to the point where the students like question how you know what they're thinking, whether what they experienced really was truthful, or like, if you know, they're overthinking it in their heads. And so I think what they really want is for Um, people to sort of just stop and listen to them and take concerns that they bring to them seriously. Joe, I'm really grateful for your time and your reporting. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Joe Yurkeba is a reporter for NBC Out. And that's our show. 
What Next is produced by Paige Osborne, Elena Schwartz, Rob Gunther, Madeline Ducharme, and Anna Phillips. We are led by Alicia Montgomery with a little boost from Susan Matthews. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations here at Slate. And I'm Mary Harris. Thanks for listening. Catch you back here next time. <laughs>